Hello there, and welcome back to the KedCast. I'm Ethan, and today we're talking about Zugma. But Ethan, what is Zugma? I'm glad you asked. In simple terms, Zugma is a figure of speech in which a simple predicate modifies and joins two distinct parts of a sentence. Usually it causes shock, and you need to look at the sentence again to understand what it meant. In other words, it's when a verb functions in two different ways under two different meanings or definitions, usually one figurative and the other literal but not always. For instance, if you say, Mason lost his keys and his temper, you've employed Zugma. Because lost is both modifying his keys and his temper, but those definitions of lost in each of the respective phrases across the coordinating conjunction and mean different things. He doesn't know where his keys are. Mason lost his keys. He also became so angry that he's no longer fully in control of his emotions because the passions took over. Mason lost his temper. Let's see some more examples. Stella broke Samuel's heart and his favorite mug. Broken that sentence is a zugma functioning literally where the mug is literally broken, and figuratively because heartbreak is not a physical quality of a heart becoming multiple pieces. Other examples, Jason danced with glee and his fiance at the ball. The athlete shattered the pole vault record and his fibula. Jacob wielded influence over the guards and his longsword. Madison carried on her back a small backpack and the entire team. So yeah, zugma is when the verb functions in two distinct capacities for the two sides of the conjunction where there are different meanings. Um, it's a little more complicated than that. There's a closely related term called solepsis, and there are varying interpretations as to the difference between solepsis and zugma. But for this episode, I'm just going to talk about zugma as I presented it. Now, you know what zugma is? And here are some qualities and variations of zugma that are cool things to note. I'll go through a good amount of these. That's basically what the rest of the episode is. Okay, so I've shown you examples of two distinct meanings in the Zugma, but you can also have three or more. However, don't get schmixed if you hear something like, Daniel played the piano, the violin, and her heart. There are three items in the series, but the first two, piano and violin, are both played in the same context of the word. There is no shocking brain-verb switch occurring in these two words. You only have two different meanings of played contributing to the Zugma, the first one for piano and violin, and the second for her heart. However, you can have a true triple Zugma where all three of the things function in different ways. For instance, take this sentence. Candace likes ice cream, any Instagram post she sees with a dog in it, and Jeremy Johnson. The first definition is like, which is having a preference to or enjoying. She likes ice cream. The second is like, which is to give a like on a social media platform. She likes the Instagram post. And the third is like, 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 like. You can, of course, expand this out to make a quadruple or quintuple zugma, or even further than that, but just make sure that there are true distinctions and that all potential permutation pairs of the n zugmas you have in the sentence individually need to qualify as a zugma. Another type of zugma is where the verb definition is the same, but because of the variance of the two direct objects or the two prepositional phrases, a zugma occurs. In the aforementioned Jason danced with Glee and his fiancée, danced means the same thing. It's the same word danced. But because with glee is more abstract than fiancé, which is more a concrete thing, you can still have that zugmatic element. Up next, we're going to talk about zugma considerations for homonyms, homophones, and homographs, which I talked about the difference between those in like the first like nine minutes of episode one. But to recap, homophone sounds the same, homograph looks the same, and homonym both sounds the same and looks the same. Normally, that's going to be like an alternative definition for a word that's spelled the same. So a potential characteristic of zugma is when a homonym pair has the same 
etymological root. It comes from the same word origin, but the meanings are different. This is usually in the case of, of a figurative and literal meaning. Like, like broke is the same etymological root for broke the bank as well as broke my kneecap. However, you can also have a homonym where there are two completely different etymological roots, which is kind of cool. So in this sentence, the builders banked the river and at the local town bank. The bank in riverbank is based off of Old English, where bank of a financial bank is from Old Italian. So different etymological roots. And I'm not sure if these have distinct roots from bank, like the airplane banked left or bank, like a bank shot in billiards. I'm, I'm sure those have roots in either the Old English or the Old Italian, but I don't know. So up next, we have homophonic zugma, which is a very special kind of zugma because it relies on words that are non-homonym homophones, words that sound the same but look different, your typical homophones in, in the Elenrod school, which means that this zugma can be spoken aloud, but it can't be written down. So, for, for example, if you write it down, it only means one of the two meanings of the homophone, but you need the ambiguity for the verb to be able to span the multiple definitions of the zugma and thus have its zugmatic property. For instance, if I say, every day I need a ball of dough to develop its gluten and enough food to survive. One is need, K-N-E-A-D, which is to work dough, and the other is need, N-E-E-D, which is to require something essential. But the word is pulling double duty because you can't hear how it's spelled. For instance, uh, here's another example of homophonic zugma. The Blessed Virgin Mary rains down the graces of her son and as queen of heaven and earth. The first rains, R-A-I-N-S, means sends, like to rain down something. And then the second rains is R-E-I-G-N-S, which is like holding a royal office. Up next, we kind of have the opposite of where we have a non-homonym homograph, two words like live and live that are spelled the same but pronounced differently so for this zugma it cannot be spoken it must be written down so here's an example where instead of pronouncing the word i'll spell the verb and then go over the different variations if you really want to impress her asian parents you should b-o-w to them and beautifully on your violin two meanings you should bow to the asian parents and you should bow beautifully on your violin However, you can't say it aloud. It must be written down to be the Zugma because you need the B-O-W to pull double duty. Another thing is you can have the verb before or after. Usually, if two sides of the Zugma are in the subject, the verb is after. But if they are in the predicate, the verb will be before. For instance, James and his driver's license expired. The dual Zugma modified words James and driver's license are subjects. But for Jacob wielded his influence over the guards and his longsword. The dual Zugma modified words are in the predicate of the sentence. So they come after the verb. Another really cool thing is Zugma with phrasal verbs. So in the English language, you have words that are specific terms of art, where two words sit next to each other, and they no longer hold the meaning of individual words, but they become a new term whenever you combine them together. For instance, if you say fair use, that's clearly a distinct term than the word fair use or dark horse. Uh, they're just, that's what we call a term of art. So you also see this in verbs. Uh, when we do it, it's called a phrasal verb. So no, it's different than verb phrases like I can run or I had eaten, where you have a verb and an auxiliary verb. Phrasal verb is different. It's two words that make a, like a singular verb. They take on a separate meaning, are essentially 
one verb. So for instance, he threw up on the bus. There's nothing being thrown upwards. It's a phrasal verb that means to vomit. Another example, Henry has been going out with Nicole for quite a while now. Where going out with means something quite specific that is not merely going in a direction with someone. Another is playing hooky, which is a phrasal verb for truancy. Ditching school without a good reason. Thing is, you can have a zugma where a verb functions in one capacity as the verb by itself and another capacity as a part of a phrasal verb. For instance, I gave in to her demands and a new necklace. So I gave in, phrasal verbs, to her demand, and I gave a new necklace, which is just the stock definition of gave. Even cooler, you can have zugma where both parts are the first half of a phrasal verb. So for instance, Jefferson finally decided to take off the gloves and on the responsibility of eliminating the threat himself. So in this case, take off is the first phrasal verb, and take on is the second. But they've been zugmatically joined to make a distinct sentence. Zugma can also make a verb both transitive and intransitive in a sentence. Transitive means the verb has a direct object, where intransitive means that there is no direct object. So check this sentence. Sophia sang a hymn and beautifully. Sophia sang a hymn. Hymn is the direct object, so saying is transitive. And second half reads, Sophia sang beautifully, where it's intransitive, no direct object, because beautifully is an adverb. Of course, there's not really a need for this, because you could just say that Sophia sang a hymn beautifully, but if you wanted a zugma, you can zugma yourself up. It's pretty good. Another very spicy usage of zugma, and one of my personal favorites, is when zugma makes a verb both an action verb and a linking verb. For instance, Andrew grew blueberries and bored. It's wordplay on the word grew, but one function is Andrew grew blueberries, which is an action verb, and blueberries is what is being grown, blueberries is the direct object. The second meaning, it's Andrew grew bored, which is grew functions as a linking verb. You know it can be a linking verb because if you say Andrew is bored, the sentence still makes sense. Grew in this case is one of those alternative linking verbs that isn't the standard am, is, are, was, were. Like you can have seems, she seems trustworthy, or appears, he appears cordial. So in the sentence, Andrew grew blueberries and bored, is both an action verb that is transitive and it's a linking verb with a predicate adjective bored that describes andrew cool stuff so here are some considerations in crafting your own zoomas uh, first of course you have to find yourself a verb and a topic and kind of mold it around that then you have grammatical and sentence structure considerations for instance uh, how much do you want to duplicate and how much do you want to keep across the same conjunction so clearly you can't duplicate the verb so if you said she broke his heart and broke his mug not zugma because you have broke twice but if you wanted a zoomatic construction, you could, there are many variations. You could do, she broke his heart and his mug, or you could just say, she broke his heart and mug. The first one probably hits better, because if you just say, she broke his heart and mug, uh, it's a, like a little too close. But if you say, she broke his heart and his mug, like you, you kind of have that like space for their, that juxtaposition to occur. Another consideration is, what order do you put the words in? You could say, she broke his mug and his heart, which I think might be better than the previous one. But you can mess around with it. It gets kind of weird whenever the two sides of the conjunction are kind of long. But you just have to make sure that the verb doesn't get lost. And many times, the way you actually say it is uh, can like give way to a more likely interpretation of it being a zugma. For instance, if you take this sentence, Jay called off the hit on the water buffalo behind the shed and his mother probably doesn't work if you wanted to mean Jay called off the hit and Jay called his mother. That, that it just It just doesn't flow because... 
it could it could be confused as like another part of the direct object of someone who he's calling the hit on. So for instance, you could shorten it and have like Jay called off the hit and his mother in which that would more be conducive to the interpretation of it being Azuma. Also many times when you write Azuma for someone to read, it needs to be closer together. Whereas when you say it, you can kind of use voice inflection to emphasize the Zugmag nature of the sentence. So you can make things a little bit more of a stretch. Okay, so we learned a lot about Zugma, what it is, certain constructions. Fundamentally, a big question is, how do you craft your Zugmas? And in Zugmatic analysis in general, why Zugma? What is the purpose and function of a Zugma beyond being able to identify one or being like a nifty word order? What difference does it make rhetorically as opposed to just repeating the verb? What does this figure of speech convey? In addition to just being fun and quirky and, no, that's kind of cool, wordplay, Zugma, I think, can draw a parallel between two often like separate concepts and contexts that can frame situations in a very powerful way. For instance, let's look at some of the Zugmas we've already gone over and show the effect of the Zugma as opposed to if the Zugma weren't there. So let's take the Mason lost his keys and his temper. I think making Zugma out of the word lost draws the parallel that both things, the keys and the temper, are things that Mason loses. Just as losing your keys isn't an intentional act, but almost something like happens to Mason, it makes it sound like the loss of his temper is similar. He, he just can't help it. Let's go with the athlete shattered the pole vault record and his fibula. This is one where we start getting into Zugmas that really use the figure of speech to give more of a story and add meaning to a sentence. The athlete shattered the record and his fibula. Whatever that record is, he pole vaulted higher than it significantly to get the best record, but at what cost? He may have cleared the pole, but something went wrong on the way down. He shatters his fibula. Personally, I barely know what a fibula is. I don't know whether or not it can actually shatter, but it sounds bad. Uh-huh. Yup. He broke the record, but was it worth it? The Blessed Virgin Mary rains down the graces of her son and as queen of heaven and earth. This is the homophone pun one, but it also does some cool things. It clearly states that Mary reigns as a ruler, queen of heaven and earth, but also implies that she does so in a generous way and is not a tyrannical ruler because she reigns down graces as a part of her ruler reign because of the Zugma. It's drawing a parallel and like a connection between these two concepts. It also words it in a way that the pouring out of grace is related to the position of the queen of heaven and earth. And this wouldn't have happened if you just had like a normal sentence. Yeah. So there are also some Zugmas that occur in literature. So quick examination and analysis of two of them. So for instance, in Star Trek The Next Generation, you have uh, fairly well known, you are free to execute your laws and your citizens as you see fit. This term execute is both for laws and citizen and it draws a parallel between the two where both are like utility entities that can be used that can be used by the state at its own pleasure it's showing the level of power and dominance that are over the people it's as that of laws laws defined by the government so too the citizens can be almost defined by the government in, in that way up next in jane austen's pride and prejudice you have this double zugma pairs in one sentence yet time and her aunt moved slowly and her patience and her ideas were nearly worn out before the tete-a-tete was over. You have two Zugmas in the sentence. Time and her aunt move slowly, showing how almost doubly slow it is. And her patience and ideas were nearly worn out. She was not only running out of things to say by being worn out, but also losing patience with the, Zug with the Zugmatic verb worn, where the wear and tear of the doubly slow slowness is wearing on multiple aspects of her. Such a large amount of meaning packed into one sentence that shows you, in a figure of speech, how things be. So yeah, let's look at two examples that I made. So watch this. The battle exhausted the general's troops 
and his combat resources. So here, exhausted both means to make, to make the troops very tired, but also exhausted means to deplete his resources. The Zugma adds on top of just the troops being very tired that they are completely depleted as well. It's almost as if as the combat resource level is like physically depleting, so too the troop level could be depleting as well. The definition of one kind of oozes into the other. It also draws this parallel where the troops can be are almost treated as resources that can be depleted. And it shows how the exhaustion of battle can like really drain all that you have. The Zugma is almost like a metaphor built into a pun that's really concise and stuff. Yeah. Up next, we have this Zugma, which I came up with in 2020 when I was giga bored, which also kind of like reinvigorated my interest in Zugma. Because uh, before that, I hadn't really been Zugmaing since like maybe 2018. So here it is. Dave broke up with his girlfriend and down in his bedroom. So mainly I thought this was cool because I split the phrasal verbs break up and break down into a Zugma. But as you can see with the previous examples, like I weirdly, bizarrely want my sentence examples to kind of make sense. Like the one about the Asian parents makes sense. The one about the Blessed Virgin Mary makes sense. The sentences about the sheep and the goats make sense. But yeah, what exactly is happening with this Zugma? I think this Zugma wants to tell a story. Dave broke up with his girlfriend down in his bedroom. It's all built around this core word, break. Uh, break up, break down. Both are somehow rooted in Dave's brokenness. Usually when you hear, oh, he broke up with his girlfriend, it is assumed that the giver of the breakup is this like villain who in a cold way dishes out the breakup in a very intentionally and willing way. But this sentence kind of blurs that. Dave, in one word, broke both ends the relationship with his girlfriend and in his bedroom kind of shuts down and has an extreme mental and like emotional stress. But, but why? Wasn't he the one who broke up with his girlfriend? What happened to Dave? Why, why did these events occur in this order? In both cases, Dave broke something. Or maybe rather, in both cases, something about Dave broke. Something broke Dave. Additionally, in the way Zugmas in general are constructed, there is a sameness in the word itself but a juxtaposition in the alternative uses. So here, the jarringness of the jarringness of the semantic juxtaposition in the form of Zugma also feeds into the jarring and rousing content of breaking up as well as breaking down, independent of the fact that like those two are in the same sentence. So yeah, that's what I had to say about Zugmas. Zugmas are a lot of fun. And speaking of topic of the previous example, breakups, uh, the next episode doesn't have nothing to do with breakups. A good chunk of the episode is about that topic as well as other interesting things. But yeah, uh, make your own Zugmas for fun, for showing to your friends at the library, for building your mastery of the English language. That's all for me. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.